Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Chronicles of Iguna, the Arsenal podcast, brought to you by the last man standing with loserpool.com. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simeu, and we are back with another show. We're going to be talking transfers. We're going to be talking Mikel Arteta. We're going to be talking injuries and whatever else comes up in the conversation. Uh, I'm joined by my good friend and colleague from the same old Arsenal. It's the brilliant Dan Potts. Welcome to the show, mate. I believe this is your debut. Uh, yeah, I think it is, mate, to be fair. I think I did come on once, I think, with your mate Lee. I did like a week here to you one, I think. That's uh, right. Very That's randomly right. one night. But uh, yeah, it hasn't been me, on your, me and you on here yet, mate. So uh, looking forward to it, man. Good stuff, good stuff. And I just want to apologise to you guys uh, for the lack of content in the last few days, um, just down to personal reasons. I've been really, really busy, uh, you know, running around here and there. So um, I do apologise, but we'll be stepping it back up again and we'll be bringing you daily episodes, um, talking all things transfers, all things Mikel Arteta and Arsenal in general, of course. Now, Dan, uh, let's start off by getting your opinion on Mikel Arteta, because the last time you were here, the last time we spoke, Mikel Arteta hadn't taken the job. Um, we were still kind of calling for Unai Emery to be sacked. It finally happened. He's gone. He's out of the door. Mikel Arteta's come in. What have been your early impressions uh, of the Spaniards and his methods so far? Well, listen, mate, very, very positive, I must admit. You know, I was extremely underwhelmed when we did sign uh, or got the appointment of Mikel Arteta. I really wanted a proven manager. And if we were going to go for a young co coach, then I, I said it to you before that I wanted to see like a Ten Hag or an Argusman come in. So when it was Arteta, it was a little bit risky for me. But as soon as he made that first press conference, I really did like what he was saying. He seemed to speak, speak as a fan. He looked to care about the Arsenal. And it seemed to me that he just wanted to install some confidence and get what he saw as a good side playing well. And the first couple of games, I started to see that we were looking a lot better off the ball. I saw some high intensity pressure and off the ball we were a lot better. Still wasn't a great performance on Boxing Day against Bournemouth. But then, of course, the Chelsea game really started to show what he'd done in that short space of time. And I must say that in the first three or four games that has been in charge, he's done more in them three or four games than I thought he would have done in three or four months, mate. It's been really impressive in terms of what he's done from where we were, which was pretty much rock bottom. I believe that most of those players down tools on Emery and now we're showing some of the lack of fitness because what he needs is high intensity pressure off the ball stuff and that is going to take it out of the players and we're starting to see now that some of the players just aren't quite fit enough at the moment. So I'm very impressed with the start. I think the Chelsea game were a little bit of lucky, run out of steam. Manchester United was an unbelievable performance. First half against Leeds really bad but what I liked about it was the actual reaction from him and you know we saw in the second half he changed things he really must have put a rocket up because second half we we controlled the game and, and we managed to get through that and then obviously what we've seen against Crystal Palace in the first 30 minutes for me was just a a, a controlled game of football, really. I thought we were in control. I like what I've seen with some of the tactics that I can see some of the stuff he's doing the Man City way. I think he has learned stuff off of Pep Guardiola. I particularly liked the fact that Torreira kind of sits there in the position that we all want him to be. I believe that he's come out the best. I like what Granit Chak has been doing alongside him. And you know as much as uh, me that I've never been a massive fan of him, mate. But I think that the, that, that pivot seems to be the best in the midfield. Um, and what I like about what Granit Chaka does, <clears throat> excuse me, is... Um, kind of when, say, Kalasanak or Maitland Niles does bomb forward, Chaka kind of drops into that position and it's like really quite shows how intelligent he is as a foot, as a footballer, which is something I've kind of said that he lacked over the last few few uh, few seasons, really. Um, so he is kind of doing that well. And I must admit the goal against Palace to concede was a sickener. 
Um, but as soon as the second half with Torreira coming off and Aubameyang with the sending off, it, I was happy to take a point at that stage because nothing was going right for us. But from what I've seen, mate, Mikel Arteta so far, I've been very impressed with what he's got out of this team because I was really worried that we would be in serious trouble, Harry, to be fair. Absolutely. And I, I couldn't agree with you more. I've been really uh, impressed by Mikel Arteta since the day, I guess, he first spoke to the press. I think that was when I started to think, you know what? This guy does have what it takes to, to be a good manager. And I know it's very early days in his managerial tenure and he may not even do brilliantly at Arsenal, but I think that would be largely down to the circumstances rather than him not being a good coach because we've seen signs, we've seen tactical tweaks, we've seen that um, his demeanour with the press for me is is very good and that helps because what it does is it opens up the communication lines between him and the fans. He's been very open and honest um, well, as open and honest as a manager can be uh, in those circumstances. And I like that. And I think that only now that we're seeing it from Mikel Arteta do we realise just how bad that was under Unai Emery and how that contributed to the, uh, you know, the levels of discontent amongst the Arsenal fan base. Now, we are in the middle of the transfer window at the moment, Dan, and Arsenal are being linked with a number of players, as we always are. Mikel Arteta spoke to the media today. He did say that there was nothing to to report on. Um, even if there was, uh, even if there was something in the pipeline, I don't expect Mikel Arteta to come out and say it until anything uh, until something is done. So I get that. But he was very quick to to slam the door on the John Stones talk, and people have been talking about that over the last couple of days. We we get the impression it's not going to happen now. Um, I cover Manchester City quite a bit in my day job at the moment, and based on the stuff I've been writing and the stuff I've been reading over the past few months, a central defender um, is not something that Manchester City can spare at this moment in time. They are very, very short. They're still waiting for Imerick Laporte to come back. And of course, Fernandinho has been playing at centre-back uh, for quite a while now. So that shows you how short they are in that area. I didn't think they'd let Stones go now. And I don't think they'll let him go in the summer, if I'm honest. Um, but let's say you know, this was a possibility just for argument's sake. Do you think that John Stones would be a good fit in a Mikel Arteta team or do you worry that perhaps he and, and David Lewis are a little bit similar? <laughs> yeah, I would agree. I, I heard the rumour and, and I just could not see it happening straight away, if I'm honest with you. For the reasons you said, I mean, they're playing Rodri and Fernandinho sometimes there, so that's short. Laporte is a fantastic defender. They do miss company. But John Stones, for me, it just hasn't seemed to really work out for him. I think there's potential there to be a good defender. He has got an error in him and he can lose his head a bit. And I just don't want that at Arsenal. So for me, I wouldn't like to see John Stones. I certainly believe it would be a kind of a position that we need. I think we're definitely needing the centre-back now that looks like Mustafi is finally going to go and it looks like uh, Mavropanos is, is obviously gone on loan to Nuremberg. So we definitely need the centre-back having Chambers out for the season, holding not fully fit and only relying on David Luiz and Socrates. But for me, when it comes to John Stones, I'm just not so sure that... Um, it doesn't excite me, Harry. That's That's what I would say about that. Yeah, and I can't I can't disagree with you there. I think that John Stones is a good, talented footballer, but I don't think that he would fit in this system. And I think the problems that we've had at times with David Luiz, we'd have the same issues with John Stones. Therefore, it's not worth the investment. There was talk of it being a loan again. 
I'll reiterate the point. I cannot see how Manchester City at this point in time could afford to loan out a centre-back given their current uh, predicament. But just pulling up John Stones' profile uh, on transfermarket.co.uk, he's got a current market value of £54 million, which you would think is out of Arsenal's price range, particularly in the January transfer window. He's won two Premier League titles. He's won an FA Cup. He's won two League Cups. Um, We don't count the community shields. Only Jose Mourinho does that. But what I'm trying to get to the point is that John Stones is a is a very accomplished player at this at this moment in time. He's 25 years old. He's won league titles. We expect him to continue um, to develop for England as well. So it just feels like unless John Stones was told clearly that he has no future at Manchester City, I don't see why he would personally would want to make that move at this moment in time. Yes, he's got a, a relationship with Mikel Arteta, but is that enough to prize away players from the likes of Manchester City unless they're not playing? So that's kind of uh, where I'm at on that one. Now, another player that Arsenal are being linked with is Frank Kessier of AC Milan. Um, for me, this is just hot air talk. I don't think that Frank Kessier uh, is coming to Arsenal. Uh, and if he was available, I'm not so sure he's he's the solution. Um, A lot of people talk about him being a creative midfield player. I don't really see it. Um, I I cover Serie A and uh, Frank Kessier for me is somebody who's better in that deeper role. He's combative. He's industrious. It just feels like we're being linked with anyone and anyone at the moment, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. And I, I, again, agree with you. And I think when I look at the names of these people that we're linked with, I always see how much they would cost. And you, you look at the John Stones situation. If we had a choice of paying 55 million for John Stones or say, I don't know, perhaps 30 million or 35 million for a Connor Cody or Lewis Dunk, I'd be more entitled to go over Lewis Dunk or Connor Cody just because I feel that's what sort of defender Arsenal are needing. I think we've seen enough of of, of the defenders of, of the John Stones is at the team and to, to for me, believe that uh, we need something a bit different. In terms of Kessie, I don't know much about him, unlike you do. But if we're going to go for somebody in that defense, defensive midfield um, kind of uh, position. I believe we should be looking at somebody uh, who's Premier League proven, like a Decore or someone like that. And I know he's a little bit more box to box, but I still feel that he could do a job next to Torreira. And if it isn't going to be somebody in the Premier League and we are going to look outside of it, then I'm a massive fan of uh, Ibrahim Samgari from Toulouse. I think he's the kind of next Yaya Torre figure, 21-year-old Ivory Coast, just an absolute monster in the middle. And I think that's what we could be could be looking at. But the rumours suggest otherwise. So uh, we'll see what happens, I suppose. Absolutely. And some other news that has come out this evening around about 20, 25 minutes ago is that Eddie Enketia is staying at Arsenal. He's not going out on loan, which is interesting. Do you think that the fact that Gabriel Martinelli could be going away on international duty and uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang's suspension has forced uh, Mikel Arteta's decision on this? Mm, it's an interesting one. I really didn't expect that because I saw something slip up yesterday to say that he could be off to Bristol City on loan. So uh, I'm surprised that he's staying at Arsenal. I am. Um, listen, if if we can use Eddie, then then fine. But I, I'm not sure we want to be going down that road, if I'm honest. I'd much rather him go and get some games under his belt. I don't believe that um, he is a player that will... Uh, replace Aubameyang for example Um, the three games that Aubameyang is going to miss I don't think he would have played against the Bournemouth game anyway so it is only going to be Sheffield United and Chelsea that I think will really miss him for properly Um, so I think when it comes to it Martinelli 
maybe he is off to the Olympics if we're having to keep Nketiah. That's the only thing I can think because we are only down to now Lacazette as our only striker if we've lost Martinelli and Aubameyang. So maybe that's what it is. But for me, I, listen, Eddie at Leeds, the reason he didn't get games was because Bamford was apparently playing playing too well for him to drop. So that kind of worries me a bit, really, because I don't rate Patrick Bamford as his world-class striker. So if you can't get ahead of him, then perhaps he's not quite as good as, as what we're expecting. But listen, that could be a bit harsh. I don't know. I think with with Bamford, and I, I'm purely basing this on the game that we saw when they came to the Emirates just yeah. a few or last week, wasn't it? Um, I, I'm purely basing it on that, but I think that what it is is Patrick Bamford has a certain profile. Um, he has a, a way of playing, and he's probably a lot better than Eddie and Ketia, almost playing with his back to goal and bringing other people into the game. And I think that that is important in Marcelo Bielsa's system, that he has a striker that can bring other people into the game. And it sounds stupid when you talk about strikers and you, you say that their primary job is not to score goals. Of course it is. But in, in Marcelo Bielsa's case, I, I believe that Patrick Bamford is in that team for other reasons. And I think that maybe... Eddie and Ketia just didn't turn out to be the player that he thought he was in terms of what he brings to the team. I, I'm like you, though. I, I don't buy into this thing that we should be putting our eggs in the baskets of the likes of Enketia, of the likes of Reese Nelson, week in, week out, because they are still young. They are still developing. I think Eddie and Ketia does need game time. But I think given the situation that Arsenal find themselves in at the moment, then maybe um, this, this is the right move and, and keeping him is not the worst thing in the world. Now, one other player that we've been linked with heavily today um, is the Brazilian Bruno Guimaraes. Now, I'm going to be honest, I don't know anything about this guy. Um, I've heard the name. I've seen it banded about. Um, we know he's, he's Brazilian. We know his value is around about uh, the £18 million mark at this moment in time. These are their transfer values that Transfer Market uh, put out there. But, you know, that, that's not necessarily the fee that the clubs are going to take. He's 22 years old, um, currently plays his football uh, for Atletico in Brazil. I mean, people talk about the Edu connection, don't they? And the fact that he will help us unearth these young, uh, talented Brazilian footballers. But for me... It is always a gamble when you bring young players in from abroad, isn't it? We've seen it go well in the past, but we've also seen many occasions where it's not quite worked out. And is there a concern of that on your part when being linked with this type of player? Well, potentially. I mean, Edu looks at Martinelli and what he's done there. I think that's been a great find um, with what he's done there. I believe Martinelli is going to be a great player for Arsenal and he does really excite me. With this guy here... I suppose it's hard for me to have to comment too much without seeing the guy play. Would he suit Arsenal's uh, style of play? I'm not sure. I think the biggest question to ask is if Edu likes him and Arteta believes that he can mould him into the Arteta way, then I'd be more excited to buy somebody like that. I think that's the biggest question mark for me is does Arteta believe that he can mould him into his style of play with his philosophy? And if the answer is he's not sure, then I'd rather not take that risk. Um, you know, for me, I mean, there's a comment uh, from from someone in it asking if I could explain the term Premier League proven. And I think that is so important because if you look at what Jurgen Klopp has done over the past five seasons, he's bought players that have, pre that have been playing in the Premier League, whether it's Oxlade-Chamberlain from us, whether it's Shaqiri from Stoke, Robertson from Hull, Wijnaldum from Newcastle. He's gone in there and he said, these players are on the brink of either leaving or I'm being, happy, un uh, being unhappy at that side. I believe I can mould them in. And that's why I would look at not too far 
I don't think we have to be going over to Brazil too much to look at what's over there. It's great to nip in and out and see what you believe can be young talent. But at 22 year, years old, for him to still be there, maybe he's happy there. But for me, I think he would have been snapped up by now. He was anything special. But listen, I could be completely wrong. He could be a great, great signing for Arsenal. I think as well, though, when you, you use the Liverpool example, and I think it is a good example, but and I know maybe these weren't all necessarily under Jurgen Klopp, but when you look at Liverpool, they have been applying that model for a while, going and getting Premier League proven players. Everybody makes that joke, don't they? That they go and raid Southampton. every Southampton, yeah. <laughs> yeah and, but if you look at some of the players that they have brought in, like Danny Ings, um, like Adam Lalana, like Nathaniel Klein, there have been a lot that haven't worked out as well. Dejan Lovren to a degree, um, you know, he, he's done all right at times alongside Virgil van Dijk, but overall you'd probably say he didn't live up to the hype either. So there is a risk in doing that as well. And I guess the reason that so many other clubs don't take that risk as often as Liverpool do is because of the financials. And we know that getting a player from another Premier League club who are fully aware of the TV money that you're receiving and are in strong mm. financial positions themselves will often demand over the odds for these players. And I think that puts a lot of people off and maybe the risk doesn't always, uh, you know, bring the reward, but at times it can. Well, you've seen it can under Liverpool. Um, but mm. I, I guess that's kind of my point as to maybe why teams don't always take that route and why some of them are reluctant. In regards to the Bruno Guimaraes story now, it, it, we've seen a lot of rumours and the Kessier rumours come up. We've spoken about the Stones one. We're hearing about Kazawa from PSG tonight as well, um, that he could be coming in. We're hearing all sorts of things. But I guess with this one, Bruno Guimaraes, there's a bit more sort of validity to this one. This story has uh, more legs, I would say, than some of the others. And I'm going to bring up an article uh, that's gone up on the Mail Online earlier on. Um, and share that on the screen for those of you who are watching us live. Um, big shout out if you are. Don't forget to join the debate in the comments. And if you're listening on the audio, subscribe. Um, and a big hello to you guys too. Now, there is an article that says the club president of Brazilian side, Atletico Paranense, Mario Celso Petralia, has confirmed that Arsenal are interested in midfielder Bruno Guimaraes, but will have to compete with Benfica for his signature. Where has this come from? I mean, there must be something here for them to say that the president's confirmed it. Does mm. that make you think that maybe this story has more legs than some of the others? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you look at stuff like that, anything that comes out from a, a source, which, listen, there's no source which is 100% reliable. We all know that. But when you start to see stuff like that, there must be some rumours about it. And I believe the Edu link is definitely why this is being pushed forward as well and, and, been, and become a story. And, you know, going back on your point there, Harry, I think that, that's why I can't see the John Stones deal happening at all for the exact same reason you just said about Premier League proving he's English. If it's not going to loan it to us, he's going to be 50-odd million pounds. I don't think we've got anywhere near that money, so I can't see something like that happening. So maybe something like this could be potential. But if he is going to cost sort of 20 million, from what we know, it's probably going to be a summer signing because I don't think we've got that sort of money to spend in, in if you believe the, the rumours are true for January. I believe that if we do get anybody, it probably will be a loan. Uh, and that worries me because it, who is that loan going to be? Is it going to be someone like Jerome Boateng? Because I really don't want that to happen personally. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, uh, it's a difficult one, the Boateng one, because yes, he's got the experience. Yes, he's got the pedigree, but you don't know if he's, you know, how badly he's fallen from grace. You don't know if how he's going to adapt to the Premier League at his age, etc. So there are, of course, concerns with that. Now, I touched on the, the Kazawa link, and that is one 
that is intensifying this evening. Um, I know that this is being reported by multiple outlets, but this is the first article that came um, whilst we were live when I typed it in on Google. So this is the <laughs> one I've gone to and it's from the Metro. Um, and it says that Arsenal begin transfer talks with Levin Kazawa. Now, having watched Mikel Arteta's press conference earlier where he spoke about um, the problems that Seja Kolasinac is having in terms of his fitness with the fact that he's having so many of these niggling injuries and they keep occurring and they keep coming back and that that's been a problem for him this season. It made me think when I heard this story that maybe Arsenal were in there to try and get a left-back to come in for now because I don't think it's fair for Bukayo Saka to be asked to do that job week in, week out. I think it's a very difficult job. I think it's a very demanding position and for someone so young who hasn't grown up playing in that role. I think it will be a very, very difficult period for him if he was asked to do it over a long period of time. So I thought that maybe Arsenal were eyeing up Kazawa because of that. But it says in this report, um, which is interesting, that uh, Arsenal have initiated talks with him with a view to signing the PSG defender on a free transfer in the summer. So could that suggest that Mikel Arteta is so worried by what Seir Kolasinac is, is showing in terms of his fitness that he could be willing to offload him in the summer and bring someone else to replace him. Well, it could be that. I mean, I've you know my opinion on Kalasinak. I must admit, the last few games he has impressed me under Mikel Arteta. Um, a lot of people said he was so good going forward and such a threat. I didn't see it. I didn't believe his crossing ability was great, and he certainly couldn't defend. But I must admit, the last few games he has impressed me. It does worry me about his um, his lack of fitness, and it also worries me about Kieran Tierney because he's a player that has just not been able to keep fit. And I know that the freak injury he got against West Ham was totally unlucky, and that can happen to anyone. But it does. Worry me that we've not been able to keep our fullbacks fit. So if we are looking at fullbacks, then it wouldn't surprise me. There was a link with a young Brazilian lad as well. I don't know if you were going to bring him up, but they were talking about him in the summer as well, a right back. So if this guy's going to be on a free transfer, it sounds like that's the sort of business that we'll be looking at in the summer. Kalasanak for me is on too much a week. £125,000 a week is a lot of money for his ability, in my opinion. If there was an interested club of £25 million or so, I'd be tempted to sell him and replace him. And one last thing I will say, I wanted in the summer us to sign Kieran Tierney and we did, but I wanted Kalasanak to actually be offloaded for some money. I didn't actually want Monreal to go. I thought Macho Monreal was a consistent performer and was one player that was not injured as regularly as some of our other players at fullback and would have done a, done a sort of steady Eddie job at seven out of tens when he played football and can also come in a, a centre-back uh, for, a, for a kind of back three job as well. So I was a bit frustrated when we got rid of Monreal to be fair ahead of Kalasanak, but maybe if this guy they're looking at, they're, um, they're you know, fullback is uh, is still an issue for Mikel Arteta, perhaps. Yeah, it, it seems that way. And it is a, a position that's so key, isn't it, in the way that Mikel Arteta clearly wants to play. It is a position that is so key in the modern game now, particularly in the attacking phase. We talk about them being defenders, but ultimately they are so important uh, to, to your attack as well. So, um, you know, let, I'm going to ask the guys in the live chat to let us know who they'd like to see Arsenal sign during this transfer window. And I'm going to ask you guys to try and keep it realistic um, because we can all run off a list of superstars. But, <laughs> you know, let's keep it realistic and, and see what you guys have to say. While you're doing that, I'm just going to bring your attention to some David Ornstein comments uh, that he made on one of the Athletics podcasts. Um, he did say that Arsenal are actually looking to make two new signings and a loan deal is what the club would prefer. Um, 
he talks about the assurances that Mikel Arteta may have been given. And he says, I don't know what assurances he was given, but Arsenal are looking to make one to two loan signings during this January transfer window. They're not close on any of them just yet, I'm afraid. But that's in keeping with what we've been talking about with the rest of the league. It would be a maximum of one to two loans from what I'm told. Now, I used to believe everything that David Ornstein said, and I'm not saying that he's not good at his job, and I'm not saying, um, you know, that he's... he's his comments shouldn't be respected. But he did say a couple of days ago that Eddie and Ketia was going to go out on loan within the next 24 hours. And now we're being told that Eddie and Ketia is actually staying um, at Arsenal. So that's really interesting. And you um, remember the Pepe one as well. It was 100% we're not signing Pepe. What happens? We went and signed him. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's uh, do a few shout outs to those who are currently tuned in. A uh, big hello to Graham Watts, who watched our earlier stream as well when we were talking about the FA Cup. Has it lost this magic? Check that out. Um, I was joined by my two former colleagues from the Sofa Sports podcast, uh, non-Arsenal fans, but always uh, good for a debate. So please check that out and uh, let us know what you think about the cup competition. Um Jalse Donko says, yes, Bruno Guimaraes. He's obviously keen on seeing him coming. Uh, Colin Farrell says, Martinelli must be going to Brazil um, in reaction to the Enketia news. Uh, what else have we got here? Um, S Cricket Ball asks, why have our goals dried up from midfield and the back? Dan, have you got a, a view on that at all? Uh, yeah, I think that's a great question and it's a worrying one as well. I think goals drying up is an issue because now that Aubameyang's out, everyone's asking the question, aren't they, where are our goals going to come from? You know, Lacazette hasn't scored in five games and there was a stat that I learned um, the other night of you, Harry, that perhaps he's only scored seven goals away from home in an Arsenal shirt. That's a really worrying stat for me. So where are the goals going to come from? I'd be really interested to see what Danny Ceballos can do when he comes back because I know he's not a real goal machine, but I think it'd be interesting to see what Danny Ceballos can do in this Arsenal side under Mikel Arteta. Um, Meza Ozil isn't an option for scoring goals and I just do worry for me that we're, where are we going to get our goals from in midfield so I think that's a great question I think we're, the answer is we're relying on Aubameyang and Lacazette uh, and even Pepe uh, and when they're not scoring we don't Arsenal don't seem to score so it is the question that everyone's worried about at the moment now that Aubameyang's suspended I must admit Yeah I agree and I think in the in the way that we play in the system that we play I think there is going to be an over-reliance on, of course, the centre-forward and the two wide forwards as such, because we're playing with a double pivot in the midfield. You don't really necessarily expect either of those two to get too far forward. And Mesa Ozil isn't the type of number 10 that's going to get you 15 goals in the season in all competition. So that is, is a problem as well. Um, shout out to Stan, the man who says, good afternoon from Vancouver. Um, in answer to the question... Um, that I put out, which was, who would you like to see Arsenal go all out for? Uh, Masterson says, Sumare or Sangare. Um, great shot, great shot. Stan the Man says, Upamakano and Donny van der Beek uh, to buy and Boateng on loan. Um, yeah, lo lots of, uh, lots of uh, interesting comments. Niall says, any central midfield power is welcome. A ball playing central defender, an obvious requirement too, of course. Um, Mikel Arteta keeps talking, doesn't he, about the fact that the Callum Chambers injury has really scuppered his plans and it's really changed things. And as a result, we're probably going to have to, you know, go out and get somebody on loan or whatever it is uh, to fill that hole. It is a worry because Rob Holding has looked way off the pace since he's come back, hasn't he? He really has. And I think that that's, for me, along with Bellerin and Kieran Tierney now, Callum Chambers, Rob Holding, and those two fullbacks for me 
it's going to have to be next season now. I don't think that they've been proved their fitness enough because of the horrendous injuries that they've all, all had. So I would say that we're going to have to be looking seriously at the back now in this transfer window. And it is a worry. You're right, Harry, in terms of Callum Chambers, because we do need a centre-half. But it seems to me that we've got no money. And I just do not understand for the life of me why we cannot seem to compete with teams like Leicester, with teams like West Ham, with teams like Everton that just seem to be able to go and spend money. We've just seen Tottenham that are linked with players for 60, 70 million again. It's like, come on, we need to be competing now. We're far, far behind and we should be having the 40 million that we uh, got from Iwobi. Where's that gone? As Stan Kroenke has spent that as well. We should have that sitting there ready for a centre-back like uh, Upper Meccano or a Lewis Dunk or whoever it be. I don't care. Somebody who can play at the back we need. We don't seem to have the money again. And I sit there thinking, why are, Why is it that we are scraping a barrel for the last two January windows? We bought Denis Suarez on loan and now we're looking to loan Jerome Balotang or a player like that. It's worrying. Very worrying. Agreed, agreed. It is. And uh, the other point that came out of today's press conference was, of course, that uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang's ban is not going to be reduced. I didn't think it would be. It was a red card. Um, I cannot believe that there are Arsenal fans out there who who are saying that it wasn't. If that had been against one of our players, we'd have been screaming for it. It was a potential ankle breaker, wasn't it? It was a horrible, horrible challenge. Maybe not intentional. And I don't for a minute suggest he went out to hurt the player. But my God. It was a bad challenge. Now, as a result, he's going to miss the games against Sheffield United, against Chelsea and against Bournemouth, as you touched on earlier, Dan. Um, three difficult fixtures coming up, I would say. Sheffield United at the Emirates. We we know what we're going to get from them. We're going to see hard work organisation, which is what you expect from all the promoted sides. But Sheffield United can play football as well. And they've shown that they've got a very unorthodox system that continuously causes people problems in the way that their central defenders sort of overlap. Um, I was at the game at Bramall Lane earlier in the season. It was really, really disappointing. We didn't deserve, in truth, uh, to get anything out of it because their commitment was was far stronger than us. Then it's a trip to Chelsea, who, of course, recently beat us at the Emirates Stadium. That's not going to be an easy game. Um and then Bournemouth away in the FA Cup. Now, I know that Bournemouth are struggling in the Premier League, but often you get this, don't you? Teams sort of that are embroiled in a relegation fight or in danger of being dragged into it find some sort of solace in the cup and they almost use it as a a, a reason, uh, a way sorry, to try and rediscover their form. That's not going to be easy either, is it? What Just briefly, what do you expect uh, from those three games? In terms of the two Premier League ones, what will be an acceptable points tally in your opinion? Well, it's funny because I was I was not long ago talking about uh, the Sheffield United uh, game uh, at the weekend. I've gone to nick that 2-1. I think we'll concede. I'm a massive fan of Chris Wilder and I think he's got a great side there. Um, not particularly the best on paper, but as a team, great, great side. So I think we will just get past it, but I wouldn't be surprised if we did slip up and draw that one. I can't see us getting anything away at Chelsea, I'm afraid. Um, I think we'll probably lose that one uh, just. I think we'll get hammered, but I think the way that they set up and without Aubameyang, I think we will struggle. So I think we'll just lose that one. I fancy us to just get through against Bournemouth. Um, I'm hoping that it's not going to be what you said um, and and they concentrate on trying to stay in the league and just go out of the cup and, and kind of sacrifice that. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go for a 1-0 to the Arsenal against Bournemouth. So yeah, 1-0 to the Arsenal against Bournemouth. I think we'll lose to Chelsea and I think we'll just win uh, 2-1 against uh, Sheffield United. Great stuff. Great stuff. Uh, Tony asks in the comments, are you going on Saturday? Harry and Dan 
Uh, Dan, I'm going. Are you going? I'm sure you are. Yeah, I'm going, man. I'll be in the 12 pins uh, if anyone fancies a beer. We'll be there. We will be there. Um, right, guys, that brings us to the end uh, of another edition, a live stream. Thank you to all of you who are tuned in with us at the moment. And of course, to those who listen back later on, if you are watching us on YouTube, like, subscribe, comment, you know the drill by now. If you are listening via the audio, please, please do leave us a review. Those are very, very important for us. And uh, as you know, this podcast is sponsored by loserpool.com. Until next time, take care.